Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Coming up on NBA Today, LeBron is now number two on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Is he the most complete player in NBA history? Hmm. And the Warriors, they lose a pivotal game last night. So should the Dubs be more concerned about Steph's absence or Dre's emotions? And so much fluidity at the top of the East. So we'll ask Perk, Richard, and Cheney, which is the best team in the East right now? NBA Today starts right now. Hello. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Who it is good to be back. I'm Malika Andrews, a busy weekend in hoops, but the gang is all here. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put 24 seconds on the shot clock, and we're going to start with the birthday girl, Janae. Hey. So <laughs> in 24 seconds, starting with you, Please tell me what the biggest weekend storyline was. What you got? It has to start with the team with the greatest expectations, especially mm -hmm. after the trade deadline, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. They've been 4-4 four and four in their last eight games, and they had the third worst offense in that span of eight games. So you're looking, all right, James Harden is supposed to be that offensive boost. Things are supposed to get easier. Well, it's actually been a difficulty when it comes to chemistry and, you know, acclimating him as of late. Oh, oh and go. I made it. Oh, yeah. No see? buzzer. No buzzer. Hey. See? You got it. Thank you, Tanae. <laughs> there it is. All right, so the East, it is certainly heating up. The Sixers, they fell to number three on Sunday. The Celtics, they have surged all the way up to number four. So, Richard Jefferson, 24 seconds on the shot clock. What's your biggest takeaway from the weekend? My guy, Evan Mobley, Ooh. rookie of the year. He had his 20th double-double. And watch this play right here. This is when they needed it most. We didn't get the second part of this, but he goes big time in Jared Allen's absence. He has a double-double. He has 11. He has 12 rebounds. He has six assists two blocks and a steal. Those numbers are huge for a rookie, especially because they don't want to drop to that outside of that six, so everyone is even more important. And look at you, everyone making their time today. I'm sensing a little Eastern Conference theme here. The Cavs, they're currently the sixth seed in the East, and Evan Mobley, he does have the best odds to win Rookie of the Year. That's according to Caesar Sportsbook, and I know Richard likes J.B. Bickerstaff for Coach of the Year, so let's bring in Big Perk. Kendrick, 24 seconds to you now. What is your biggest weekend storyline? Mm. The Boston Celtics and the play of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Look, when you look at this team, they've been, they've been the best defensive team since January. But Jason Tatum has taken a leap. I think he's passed DeMar DeRozan in the MVP conversation the way that he's playing. Right now, the Celtics are hitting their stride when it matters the most and playing at a peak level. Guys know their role. We're watching Rob Williams, Grant Williams, and Marcus Smart. Of course, I wasn't going to beat the buzz. I talked too slow, but I'm going with the Celtics. <laughs> I was going to say TikTok. That's like 29 seconds. Thank you, Big Perk. I do want to say, mm -hmm. though, all of our panel's yeah. biggest storylines, they were all in the East. So let's take a look at the East standings. You can see there the Heat. 
They're three games up in first place, but then it gets tight. So the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics are all separated by just half a game. And the Cavs, they're only a game ahead of the Raptors for the sixth spot to avoid the play-in. Now the Nets, they are firmly in play or the play-in, but Kevin Durant, he doesn't think their championship window is closing anytime soon. I'm not guaranteeing that we got a championship, but I just I just like what we're building, and I'm not going to say this is the only year we have an opportunity to fight and, and, and work towards something. You know, I don't think next year we got to start all the way over and try to figure out what's the next iteration of the Nets. You know, I feel like we could just build on what we have and see what happens. And we got guys that are committed and want to be here, so you know that's how I look at it. Man, I'm so happy because the band is back together to break this down. All right, Shanae, I'm going to start with you. Who is the best team in the East right now? And more importantly, what do they need to, need to do to stay that way? I heard you, Perk. Mm -hmm. That's the way we start our Monday with that kind of energy. Uh, the best team in the East right now, and I, I always say it's the team with the you know fewest questions and the most answers, and I really like the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have been consistent just because they have their big three available, and we know their record is always spectacular when they play. And mind you, Chris Middleton has really upped his play, especially this past month, averaging 25 points per game. A lot of people said he need to step up. If they want to repeat, he's doing exactly that. Giannis, I mean, in the MVP conversation, rightfully so. And you know, you just look overall, this team has a lot of answers, no questions, and they just seem like they've consistently put themselves in good playoff position. Right. The question, right, was when is Brooke Lopez going to come back? How is he going to assimilate? Can they get Pat Connaughton healthy? Could they get George Hill healthy? And all of those answers are kind of starting to come together at the right time. But Richard, sometimes it's the same team that's the best and the hardest to game plan for. Sometimes it's a different team that's also the best and hardest to game plan for, which is important in the playoffs. So when you're looking at this, what do you think? Let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, she is amazing at her transitions because she knows it's going to be the exact same team for me. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> And for all the reasons that she just said, she just talked about how, you know, getting Brooke Lopez back, who was a huge piece, but also they have Serge Ibaka. They went and got a great backup. So now you have depth at that position because Brooke Lopez. But for me, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they are the team with the fewest amount of questions. They are the team that has been the best team in the league over the last five seasons. The best record, the best playoff performance, they have been the best. Now, do they have answer our questions? A little bit about can they repeat and do it, but they are the most disrespectful defending champions in a while. Ooh, all right, Big Perk. Well, nobody's disrespecting them, but both of y'all are wrong. And look, <laughs> as you Boston disrespect Celtics. them, the Boston Celtics, listen, the Boston Celtics, not only have they been the best team in the East, but one could argue that they have been the best team in the NBA. Look, Jason Tatum has taken that leap to superstardom. Like we have said, he was on the verge, but he's there. Jalen Brown oh finally looks God. healthy. But let's talk, but, but let's okay, talk about indeed. the others. Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has embraced the role of actually being a facilitator. I love him being at the point guard spot. Robert Williams is a top 10 center in the, in the league. He gives you everything that you want in a starting center. He can switch one through five. He's a live threat at the basket. And let's talk about Grant Williams, who, by the way, kind of locked up a front runner, uh, MVP front runner last night in Denver and Jokic. I mean, he locked them up. So when I look at it, they have Daniel Tice coming off the bench. They got rid of Dennis Schroeder, who was being a headache in the locker room. And right now, they're the best defensive team in the league. Even when Steph Curry got hurt, 
when they played the uh, when the Celtics played the Warriors, the Celtics still had full control of that game. Why? Because they have perimeter guys that could play defense on, on uh, at any level, and they could guard anybody in the league, and they get buckets. Well, there you go. We're going to dive into the Celtics much more. So Perk, don't go anywhere. But no one picked either Philadelphia or the number one seed in the East right now, the Miami Heat. So joining us now is senior writer Ramona Shelburne. There's a big matchup tonight between those two teams. So what can you tell us about Joel Embiid's status for that game? Well, Joel Embiid has been downgraded to out for tonight's game. No Joel. Right? This is the second night of a back-to-back. -back. He's had that lingering back soreness for four or five games. So it was, you know, second night of a back-to-back. -back. He could sit the front end of the back end. They, he played last night. Didn't look that great. He was really sore. They're going to sit him tonight against the Heat. They come out west. They play the Lakers and the Clippers this week in L.A. And I think the sense is they've got to give him a night off. There you go. So what are you going to be watching for tonight in this game then? Well, honestly, to see if there's some kind of energy, you know, at the start of the year, we were really excited about the Sixers, even though, you know, yeah. a, a lot of the conversation was who they didn't have or how their development was mm -hmm. going. But now, you know, you sort of wonder, this is the hardest point of the year for playoff teams. How do you build that momentum moving forward without Joel Embiid, who a lot of people consider a front runner for MVP? It's going to be interesting to see who really steps up in this one. Well, but can you judge when you're talking about the Miami Heat? There are so many folks who say, well, like, they're, they're the number one seed but we'll see when it gets to the playoffs the, that, that sort of chatter Richard what are you looking for from them tonight with just a level of consistency the Miami Heat are always a consistent team it's just a matter of making sure that everyone is healthy having Kyle Lowry out there having Jimmy Butler out there having yep. everybody and starting to build a rhythm now these guys are familiar with the organization so it's not like if they miss five games they won't understand their roles but yes the Miami Heat are a force I think last year they took a step back because of COVID and everybody they just had a tough year but this is more likely who they are going to be this is who they are Tyler Hero sixth man of the year we already know that that's sewn up but it just shows a level of jump that the organization has made from that year in the bubble going to the finals then last year kind of struggling but being back on the mountaintop this year well I was just down in Miami and Bam Adebayo wanted us to start the the Bama's defensive player of the year oh. that's something that he's oh. he, is, he oh. is lobbying hard for a and lot of people going, yeah I know we're going to get into that <laughs> a little bit later in the show because still yeah. ahead on NBA today we are going to dive into the dubs loss yesterday Ooh. do you blame it on the officiating or does our panel say it was on Golden State and with the power Pelicans squarely in the mix for the play-in. We've got an update that you need to hear on Zion Williamson. Plus, over the weekend, LeBron became that much closer to Kareem. A huge matchup tonight in Cleveland. Is it a must-win for L.A.? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So the Warriors, they were in action last night. Their first game without Steph since his injury against Boston. So let's see how that played out. Remember, they also would lose Draymond Green in the third quarter. Watch this. Jawing with the ref. And 
Gets his second technical, and he is tossed from the game. You can see he's still chatting as he leaves the court. Clay Thompson saying, all right, bro, Might that's Might as well enough. get your money's worth. Might as well get your money's worth if you're already gone. Get your get get yeah. This was wild. Let's go ahead to the fourth quarter. Misses the three. Rebound. Kaminga tries to save it, but look at this. The refs called that a foul, Richard Jefferson. That was not a foul. Obviously, you know, there was some tough, but here, the game's not over. Game's not over. Looney, again, another foul called there. I don't know if we call those make-ups, but this was a foul. They, like, they're holding each other. They're in a scrum, but that is a foul. That well, is 100% a foul. Here is what Steve Kerr had to say about that. I thought the two fouls at the end were bizarre. Bizarre fouls. I don't know how those calls can be made. Uh, both of them. One that went for us, one that went against us. I don't understand how we can decide the game based on plays that have nothing to do with the game. All right, so Jakob Pertl on the line. He made his first to tie it. Second free throw here. Nope. Wiggins, you got to box out. Wiggins, you got to box out at the most important time of the game. Him and Clay were like watching cops bumping into each other. Too. Yeah. Well, Keldon Johnson gets the rebound, takes the lead. The Spurs win it 110-108. So back here with Richard Jefferson and welcoming in Mark Spears. So we just saw the highlights, but does this blame, does it fall more on the refs or does it fall more on the Warriors, Richard? Well, I, I think Steve made it, he made a great point. He's like, look, both plays, like one went against us, one went for us. So that part is tough. But I will say this, and Draymond and I have a good relationship. My thing with Draymond is that without Steph on that floor, you have to be even more cautious of your fire. He's got an amazing fire. He's got an amazing passion that, that, that has been missed. But here you have to understand you don't have a window. So if you get this second technical, that fire now becomes a problem. And so for me, I think this was more about Draymond making sure down the stretch he's mm. back on the court, keeping his cool, because especially without Steph. Well, if Wiggins makes the two free throws, this is the right of move point, right? And and I give Looney the Larry Smith of today for the Warriors credit for, you know, everything. He's doing all the yeah. dirty work, but you got to be careful. You, the, the ref just called a ticky-tack foul, so what he did uh, gave him an opportunity to make a makeup call for the Spurs. Yeah. And then on the other end, you know, you got the two players bumping into each other, not boxing outright. So I don't, I don't blame the refs. The Warriors were in a position to win. And they blew it. But you also, you, what are your thoughts on Draymond understanding the position that he's in right now? Because you say yeah. if Wiggins doesn't miss those two free throws, sure. but if you have Draymond on the floor, you have yeah. the, maybe you're not in that spot. Maybe you're up by five and those free no, throws he, he don't even No, he has to re remember now that, you know, time is of the essence. Yep. Uh, they, they have a real small margin of error, mm -hmm. if any. So, yep. no, I'm, I'm sure Draymond, looking back, it's kind of like what happened last season. They can't afford this anymore. Yeah. Absolutely, because this is one of those games where they could look at it and say, was this the one where we ended up slipping well, no into the standings? Because it's just a matter of just little things Definitely at this point, ones. especially for the Warriors, considering they have to figure some things out, especially without Steph. But he spoke about how long the injury might keep him out for. Take a listen. Just trying to assess the recovery in real time just to know how much we can push it on a day-to-day. -day. Right now, obviously, not much. So this is one, I guess, if you push it too soon, it can linger and be a real nuisance. And so obviously, anything with your, your foot, your ankle, anywhere down there, you want to be, I say cautious, but just because you don't want that to be something that lingers when you get back out there on the floor. I assume your, your belief, though, is like playoff game one, round one. I think i got enough time for that, but I'm an optimist, so, yeah.
All right, so the Warriors, they have a tough stretch coming up as they start a five-game road trip tomorrow at Orlando. Then they visit the Heat, the Hawks, the Wizards, and the Grizzlies. And then Golden State comes back home against the Suns, and you can watch that one on ESPN. So we just saw their upcoming schedule, so I'm going to ask the panel, your level of concern for the Stephless Warriors coming down the stretch here is what? I want to start with you, Mark. Ooh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's certainly some mild concern. Uh, they have the potential to drop down to the fifth seed. Yeah. But could it be a blessing in disguise for a couple reasons? Hmm. One, I think Steph needs a break. You know, so this gives Steph a couple weeks so he could go on the playoffs rested. Two, Lakers, how are they with Anthony Davis? Mm -hmm. Do they get in and play one or two? Clippers, I talked to Ty Lue this morning. He has still some optimism that Paul George, Kawhi, and Norman Powell could be back. I said, so what will you guys be if they're back? Special was his word. Denver, Jamal Murray. So the one and two seed might not be as beautiful as it looks right now. Not to mention, Timberwolves have been a coming. Yes. Yeah. Timberwolves yeah. have been yeah. a coming. What's your level of concern here, Richard? I, it's not concern, but understand that sure. they're in a place of there, there's uncertainty, you know, obviously you get Draymond back and you're like, okay, this is the moment where they can start picking it up. Can Draymond, you know, get back to that space of being considered defensive player of the year? But all of that has changed, obviously, with the Steph injury. For me, when I look at their team, they want to be 100% healthy. Everyone knows that. But all of those teams right there, they're, I don't think that they're going to finish second. If Memphis does what Memphis is supposed to do, they're not going to finish second. Then you put yourself in that third. But the other only part about dropping down to the 50s, those other teams have to play extremely well also. Sure. Yeah. So I think that this is just going to be one of those stretches get there be healthy and see how the cards play Utah out the first round what I think they get Utah I would I would accept that which would and Utah has a whole lot that they need to look at because of the lack of success that they've had in the yeah. playoffs they want to make a deep run I do want to bring in big, big perk here to get his thoughts on all nice this suit, perk. Perk, what's your perk. what's your level of concern here I have a high level of concern and, and Richard if you have, if you talk about uncertainty then it's concern there. <clears throat> and when you think about the Warriors, right, you think about the continuity of Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Those guys have been playing together their entire career. So they'll figure things out. It's about rotations. It's mm. about guys knowing their roles. It's about Steve Kerr finding his 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 rotations. Because remember, you got to see how Kaminga is going to play alongside Draymond Green. You got to find what Looney is going to play minutes. You got to see how Andrew Wiggins is going to play, what Jordan Poole. They have so many guys that have been balling. Steve Kerr need this time to figure out his rotation. So when I'm looking at the Warriors right now, I mean, they may drop in the standards, but do they really want that, to be honest? I mean, the Mavericks are playing well right now. Uh, Utah is playing extremely well. Donovan Mitchell is playing outside his, outside his body. But here's the, the one thing that concerns me about Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has really been out of line lately. Even when he, from the time he called out Marcus Smart to the time he addressed the officiating last night, right? Like, in, in my opinion, if you're going to come to the podium, hold yourself accountable and hold your players accountable. Draymond Green Well, Perk, is that a sign of desperation? If, <clears throat> no, but listen. Because that's out of character Green, for him. That's, that, that, that to me is, is a sign he of desperation. He usually is the guy who I, I comes mean, to the podium I, I and mean, takes I accountability. I, yeah, but, I mean, he needs to right now. And mm. what I'm saying is, is that, 
Draymond Green cannot get ejected in this game. Yeah. You're the leader of this team. You're missing Steph Curry. Klay Thompson is still trying to find his way. Although he had a 38 uh, night performance about three or four games ago, these young guys look up to Draymond. And so, like, if, if Draymond is in the game, I don't know if this if this game go down to the wire where you have to put the game in the hands of the officials. So I'm just a little disappointed, well, a lot disappointed in Steve Kerr and the way that he's been handling situations over the last week or so. Well, look, look and quick defense of Steve Kerr, I did not hear the entire press conference. I did not hear the entire press conference, so maybe he, I have a feeling he addressed Draymond. I didn't hear that. And so that was the thing that he wanted to talk about with, was the, the calls at the end. You know, each press conference lasts 10, 15 minutes. But to your point, I understand. When I say uncertainty, one person can say concern. I'm not concerned about the Warriors because of the level of talent, how well coached they are, how deep they are. The uncertainty is can all of that come together in a space where they can now put it together? Some might call it concern. Some That's might call I it said. uncertainty. I know that's what you said. I'm agreeing with that's you. That's what I said. Fix that's your what lighting. I said. Okay, then. So, what you talking <laughs> I about? I, 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 well, I my lighting is fine. <laughs> well, and your suit looks great. Outstanding, Kurt. Okay. We're going to well, stick in the it. West coming up on NBA today because LeBron, he returns home. So, his best moments as a visitor in Cleveland. Plus, is he the most complete player ever? And, Pelicans fans, we've got some news that you're going to want to hear on Zion Williamson. The latest on whether he could return later in the show and are we underestimating the outstanding ball being played as of late mm. by both Boston and Minnesota we're going to talk sleeper contenders in just a bit NBA today rolls on after this we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For myself, my family, my friends, my hometown, um, and anybody that's been a part of this journey. Welcome back to NBA Today. So LeBron made history last week when he became the first player with 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists. So he now ranks second in points, seventh in assists, and top 40 in rebounds. So those are the numbers, and they're just a little bit mind-boggling. So we need to spend some time breaking down another <laughs> monumental accomplishment from LeBron James, and who better to do that than the birthday girl and a couple of guys who played with him, too. So, Richard, you won a championship with LeBron. Is he the most complete player of all time? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's much of a question at this point in time. When you look at what he was able to do, he was probably a couple of votes away from getting a defensive player of the year when he was in Miami. So you look at him. He's always been an offensive, like just in, a, in amongst himself, where he can grab the rebound, he can create an assist, he can also score, but he can do it at a level that very few players ever reach. If he never scored a basket, all of a sudden you could look at this man could be at, a, at 11, 12, 13,000 assists if that was the only thing that he did. So there's no area in his game that he couldn't just be either top five at or top seven at. 
his greatness is definitely his versatility. I mean, he can score the basketball, and I love the evolution of his game. Came mm. into the league, he really could get to the rim. He had the mid-range, and now we're seeing him score more threes at this point, largely because of sustainability, especially for his body. So he's got scoring at number two. He's seventh in assists. And then you have to talk about the defense, because a lot of people say MJ, defensively elite. Well, LeBron James is six-time all-defensive. I know the last year was 2014, but still, that well-rounded aspect of him, and plus the way that he sort of made positionless basketball interesting by his, you know, brute strength and size and then also his skill. So, yeah, complete basketball player. Yeah. He's a lead at every category. Just just think about this, right? When we think about all the all-time greats, <clears throat> it's not one of them that we could mention that actually played all positions. LeBron James has played the point, the two, the three, the four, and this year we watched him play the five. So when I look at his overall game, he does it all. And right, he doesn't have the on paper individual accolades, but the real basketball minds that actually watch the game know that LeBron James has been an elite defender his entire career. He was, LeBron James was so special at chase down blocks that people, like, people were scared to lay the ball up. Like, remember LeBron James in Cleveland? I remember a time in postseason that Rondo used to get out on the break with steals and he used to say, listen, I'm not going to lay the ball up. I need somebody to run with me because he had got tired of LeBron swatting his stuff to level 300 so many times. Like, we don't appreciate, we forget about those moments. So, when I look at LeBron, I think there's no debate, and I think we all agree on this. No, look, I, but really, <laughs> quick, Richard, really quickly, quickly before we go too far, like Magic Johnson also played all five positions. He played every position on the court. But Magic, and this is what LeBron James Wait, has always been. Magic, LeBron, Magic played. Magic played the point, and he played the center. Okay, so this is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to talk about. Like, LeBron James has always been the combination of Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. You show me one GM, one person on this planet that says if you could build a basketball player, if you could build a skill set, there is no, no player that you could build other than LeBron James. That's where I, he's always been. He's had the pressure on him. He's had everything about him. There is not one, like, at, like facet to his game. Maybe improve his free throw shooting. His three-point shooting has improved but yes. there's nothing that you can do that you could build a better basketball player and he is showing that on top of the longevity that we've seen over the course of his 30-year career well and that's the thing it's the longevity right <laughs> it's the fact that, that he okay? actually yeah okay. I'm concerned about perk okay oh, he froze uh, oh, thank gosh <laughs> he, <laughs> he was so still there my goodness okay we, we, we all know though right that knowing LeBron James second all-time that's not where he's going to want to finish next up is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James need just over 1,400 points to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. So, with 11 games to go this season, what is it they always hashtag his photos as? The, the kid yeah, from Akron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the kid Wash from Akron. King. Wash, Wash King. King. The kid Wash from King. Akron, the Wash King, is looking at some point, maybe midway through next season, if he stays healthy and scores at this rate. So, what better place to start than Cleveland, where he plays tonight? It's a, a homecoming of sorts, right? So let's take a look at how he's done as a visitor in the past, starting with 2010. Ooh. His first Ooh. game after leaving the Cavs for the Heat, LeBron had 38 mm. in a blowout win. Okay, so then let's go on. March 2013, still with the Heat now, LeBron had a 25-point triple-double and led his team to a win after trailing by 27 points in the third 
quarter. So LeBron went back to Cleveland, won a championship, left for the Lakers. His first game as a Laker came in 2018, and he had 32 points, 14 rebounds in a four-point win. And last but not least, last year, with not as many people in the crowd because of the pandemic, LeBron went for 46, including <laughs> 21 in the fourth quarter after a Cavs executive celebrated a miss. Oh, I remember that. The third, right? And then the Lakers won by seven. So clearly, I mean, LeBron James, he knows what he is doing. Look, and he got a little, little handshake to go with it. All right, so Richard Jefferson, you played with LeBron in Cleveland. What are you expecting from him going back to Cleveland? Well, obviously after his, uh, with all the things that were said in the All-Star game, I think a lot of that was about like just having the home crowd embrace him. Look, he's always going to be beloved. He's always going to have an aspect of a villain. That's just where he exists the most. And so when I see him getting back there, it's just getting back to business. Ultimately, this Cleveland team is a problem. This is a team that I, they're still trying to avoid dropping to seven. So it is going to, they've been packing that arena all year long, even without LeBron James, with that crew. So I think it's going to be a great environment and I think it's going to be a fun one. Okay, so for more on LeBron's return, I'm joined by someone who's covered play Plenty of LeBron James games in Cleveland over the years and, and yours true Richard Jefferson our Lakers reporter Dave McMenamin so Dave how is this return different for LeBron well Malika we're having some audio issues here but I will tell you being here back at Rocket Mortgage Arena it used to be quick and loans arena for LeBron's great run here it brings back a ton of memories obviously you look at his all-time performance against the Cavs 16 and 1 in his career 29.1 points per game playing against his former franchise Tonight will be the first time out of all those games that his team is the underdog. To me, I found LeBron finding a beauty in the struggle of this season, finding a way to find love for this game despite the team's struggles. And guess what? He hasn't given up on where the season can go. Based on what you saw with that big win in Toronto on Friday, he could have sat out on Saturday, but it was important to him mm. to come back and show that he's still committed to what this team can accomplish with the time that's left of the year. I expect a big night uh, for him tonight against this Cavs team. And, you know, listen, we'll see where the season goes, but this is still a night that he relishes. I'm going to sign off and pass it back to you guys in the studio because uh, we're having some technical difficulties here. Thank you so much, Dave. That is certainly going to be an interesting matchup between LeBron James, the Lakers, Evan Mobley, and the Cavs. Still ahead, though, on NBA Today. Don't look now, but the Wolves, they have the best record in the NBA since the break. So we're talking about that man, Big Cat, when we return on NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So the Timberwolves, they are streaking since the All-Star break, winning 11 of 13 games. That is the best mark in the NBA. And then... Out East, Boston is also playing great, winning 10 of 12. And the Bucks, the Heat, the Suns, they round out the top. 
five. So Ramona Shelburne is back with us and joining us hey. now is Cassidy Hubbard. So the Wolves and the Seas, they're both, I know, they, they sneak up on you a little bit. They're both in quite the group these past couple of months. So Ramona, I want to start with you. What is the mood inside the Timberwolves locker room that is led by Carl Anthony Towns as they've been surging here? Well, you know, it's it's interesting with, with Carl Towns is because we, we've covered him since he was his rookie year, right? And right. every year it's been something. And this year, the last couple of times you've looked in on, on Talons, it's, it's something happy. It's something good. And when he scored 60 the other night, there's this great scene where, where Patrick Beverly basically wouldn't let anyone get on the bus and, until Carl got there so that they could all cheer for him and say, this is the man. Like, yeah. he, he scored 60. And there's this, there's this camaraderie that has not necessarily existed with that group um, really since Carl's been there. They have, they're not just in the playoffs right now. They're not in the play-in. They're in sixth place. Right. Okay. Cat has been incredible over the last three games, but he's been incredible the second half of the year. And he, he went to, I talked to Chris Finch last night, the head coach of the Timberwolves, and he said, you know, he came to him a couple times a, a little while ago and said, now, I see myself as a servant leader. Mm. What does that mean? It means I can be the guy, and I know that when my team needs me to come up with a bucket in these big games, he's going to deliver there. But he wants his teammates to thrive. He wants them to be good. And he's made such a point of helping Anthony Edwards, helping D'Angelo Russell, helping everyone on that team shine. That sometimes the issue with him is always, you know, does he step into the moment when they just need him to be selfish? And he has this year in those big games. Right, absolutely. And and he's been so fun to watch yeah. alongside Anthony Edwards. And and considering everything that Carl Anthony Towns has been through mm -hmm. in the past two years, I mean, there, there's not a guy that you could be happier for. So let's go from the West to the East. Because, yeah. Cassidy, you're plugged in with the Boston Celtics. You've been on the sidelines. I mean, you're setting a record for how many yeah, times you've been in Boston on the sidelines. So yeah. what's the biggest key to their midseason turnaround here? Short answer, Ime Odoka. Mm. And... As he put it, the team's ability to be coached hard. Look, like two months ago, this team was being booed at home. Yeah. They were imploding, and they were calling each other out big time. And look, the biggest thing with them is they've had to break a lot of habits, and yeah. that's what Ime has forced with them, from switching up the defense, pun intended, to basically <laughs> not playing in a crowd, which is aimed at Jalen and Jason, which was what Marcus Smart called the team out for, and specifically Jalen and Jason, earlier this year. But I think the biggest call-out was really Ime to Jason Tatum, when mm. he basically gave him similar advice that he gave Kawhi Leonard in mm. saying, Stop treating these other all-stars as older brothers. You know, don't take a backseat to anyone. Mm. Not only are we seeing Jason Tatum blossom on the court, we're seeing him find his voice. And he's being animated more than ever that I've seen him. And a big thing is he now has his own signature celebration. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's called the Kiss of Death. He started it in Memphis um, where, you know, it was a game-sealing bucket. He sent a kiss to the crowd. And when he got home, Deuce impersonated him. Oh, goes, my god! I think this is going to be a thing. And so, you know, whenever there's a game ceiling bucket, we've se we've seen him do it. Kiss <laughs> to the crowd. And there's been a lot of moments where this team has been able to do game ceiling buckets. So um, this team is really, really coming together. And you see it. There's joy. There's excitement. There's fun. Right. And, it, and, and it starts with Ime Odoka setting a tone and really, like, working through these bad habits. Well, not to mention, when I was up in Boston, Ime Odoka said we needed to get healthy first. First, you need to get mm -hmm. to the point where we're healthy. And then we can get to the point where we're going to go ahead, see what we have as an entire group Ramona Cassidy this has been fun yeah. and I mean I, I feel like our producers had to know this when when we were coming Cat 
Carl Anthony Towns, who just named the Western Conference Player of the Week. Oh. Jason Tatum just right. named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So I have a feeling we're going to be seeing some more big performances out of these guys. Cassie, don't go too far because I'm going to need you to host the show tomorrow. Can you, oh. can you do that? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> cool. Thank you. All right. When we return on NBA Today, an update you're going to want to hear on Zion Williamson talking the Pell's young star. That's next as NBA Today rolls off. A this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today presented by Credit Karma. How long ago did we see Zion Williamson do that? Does anyone know the answer? Uh, no, like 322 days. Cheater. 322 days. Cheater. 322 days. Yeah, it's been 322 days since Zion played in an NBA game, and it all signs are pointing to wait a little bit longer or perhaps much longer. Ramona, when yeah. will we see Zion Williamson return to the court? Will it be this season? Doesn't look like it. No, it, you like it, you can just do the math here. Okay. Okay. He right now there's an indefinite timeline. They're not putting anything officially on this, but d they've got 11 games left. And right, all he's been cleared to do right now is shoot on the court. He hasn't progressed to anything full speed. And last time at this stage, but he's he's able to do full weight bearing. Okay. So there, there's full right weight bearing right now. He can do full weight bearing, but he's not doing anything full speed. And last time at this stage is when he had a setback. And so you can expect that the ramp up from this stage this time because of there was a setback last time is going to be longer than it was. So just do the math. Right. We're down to 11 games in the season. There's just not enough time for him to ramp up. And so they're not officially going to say anything. They're not going to shut him down or anything because, you know, they, they, they've moved into ninth place now. They are right now, if the season ends, they would host a play-in game. So he's got some time. He's going to keep working. There's been some progress on his rehab on the court, but he's not even to the point where he's going full speed. Okay, so based on all of that, Richard, do you see this as a big deal, little deal? Uh, I always struggle because, yes, it's a big deal if you have the number one pick that's yep. not playing, but it's it's not a big deal if you're in the micro and macro. In the big picture, <laughs> it's not a big deal, and I think I just heard Perk giggle. Uh, but the reason why is because because look, we have the MVP front runner right now in Joel Embiid. This individual missed half of the first four seasons of his career. Right. It, people don't understand how long it can take to mature, yes. to understand your body, yes. to understand yes. all the things that you physically need to do. And look at that. Joel didn't. Joel Embiid played 31 games in his first three seasons, and look at where he is now. So there is hope for New Orleans fans. There is hope for Zion. Okay, big perk. We we heard you giggling. So what, where do you stand on all of this? <clears throat> I think it's it's concerns one because we don't know the mindset of Zion Williamson. We knew the mindset of Joel and B coming out of college. Like 
Everyone knew that he was a hard worker. We heard reports about him losing weight. Even when he was injured, we heard about how they couldn't keep him out of the gym, how they couldn't keep him out of the locker room. He never parted away from the team. At least we saw him on the bench when he wasn't playing. So that's a bad comparison. But here's the thing. I just want to know, I just want to know, I just want to know, when are we going to actually be able to hear from Zion? Perk, like perk, as a, perk, as perk, a perk. number one. No. Zion is, Zion is 21 years keep, old. So, and he's had the spotlight so, on him so since he what? was 15. And where were you at 21 so, years old? Did you know everything about your professional career? I was, I was, I wasn't the number one pick, uh, Sinead. I didn't have the most hype since LeBron James. All I'm he asking is, is Yeah, he can't control that. You, know what you I'm can't saying? control when you're talking to the media? No. You can't it, control when you address the no, media? No, I'm saying you learn these things as you grow older and you become a professional. I'm taking a little pressure off of Zion because he's had a magnifying glass. And every time we see him, we talk about him, we criticize him potentially on his appearance. Why do you think that young man will want to step in front of a camera and talk when he knows that so many people are discussing things Eventually, that might be his okay, vulnerabilities? So but yeah, he, okay. has, he, has, he has a lot of expectations. I think that, you know, it took me, I'm just now... 30 years old. Hey, it hey. took me about five, six years to become a veteran and know what I was doing. This young man did not spend four years in college to figure things out and to say, all right, this is a system that works for me. Sinead, he showed up, and when he stepped Sinead. on the court, he delivered. He needs some time to figure himself out, and I think it's good that they're respecting these final 11 games to put himself Sinead, in a great position for next Sinead, year. But you go on, big bro. Sinead, you don't, Sinead, you don't have to go. You don't have to, I didn't spend a year in college. But I didn't duck from the cameras either, and I wasn't the number one pick. Listen, see, this is the problem that I have with a lot of people. When you sign up for the NBA, you sign up for the good and the bad, the fortune and the fame, whether that's the good media or the bad media. And when you're the number one pick and you're that hyped up, listen, man, at some point in time, we got to start holding people accountable. We can't let the age and stuff like He should have stayed in Duke. If he wasn't ready for it. That's what I'm trying to say. We got to quit giving people passes. Like, no. Like, we need to hear from Zion. We need to hear how he's doing. We can, can't just continue to hear from Willie Green. But you Green also know. You or, also know some David athletes Griffin. like to control their own narrative on their and, own and, and really quickly, Especially Perk, when they're down. No matter how much he talks, that ain't going to make his foot heal faster. Him talking ain't going to help him get back on the court. That is selfishly what the media wants. That is uh -uh. selfishly. Nah, nah, see, no. That's what we want. No, that's what we want. We want to hear from him. That is not going to impact his play. But look, that is I not think, going to impact anything, I think in my given opinion. the entire circumstance in which he's in right now, I'm not oh. surprised that he's not in front of the media. Well, I am not surprised but at there, all. There, there's a not being surprised can be over on this hand, and you can look at some of the folks around the league. I'm looking at Steph Curry, who provided his own injury update. Part of that, though, is the culture of the organization. That's the culture that someone like Raymond Ritter has built within the Golden State Warriors and the culture of accountability. The culture in New Orleans around Zion Williamson, it's still being developed. But so far, there hasn't been that culture of accountability that exists within the Warriors. So, yes, Perk, I agree with you. It would be nice to hear directly from Zion. I'm not saying he has an obligation to talk to us, but what I am saying is that if you want to be able to have a, a fair shake, it goes two ways. What, Rich? I just want to say one really thing. One really thing. One really quickly thing. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. 
Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs organization, Kawhi, the Spurs historically, sure. Kawhi Leonard. You don't ever hear from Kawhi Leonard. But what we haven't heard when from he Kawhi. Went to Toronto. I understand. But what happened but, but, when he went to Toronto? No, but we can't talk. We can't discount. We can't talk about Jen building that culture of accountability. One year in Toronto. But he won that championship after he figured things out. The point is, is that old, old We did not hear from Kawhi during his injury. We haven't heard from Kawhi yet this year. So what? So that's what I'm saying. So don't sit here. He can point. No, Zion Williamson can point to no, other people so, and say, bro, that man's so, not talking to the media bro, during his should injury. That man, bro, should that be the standard? Kawhi, should the Kawhi standard Kawhi be Leonard transparency? One pick. The standard should Kawhi, be transparency. Kawhi Leonard wasn't a number But he was a Kawhi finals Kawhi MVP. Was he was, was a finals MVP. MVP. I don't he care did, about number one He did pick. do a couple Kawhi of media sessions during the right. Not a lot, but a couple. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. We back. Wait, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah, the one true. thing we can agree on. Yeah, we back. True. Here's what else we can agree on. Still ahead on NBA Today, <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Oh, my God. officially hangs him up. So we'll no way. Some love no. to yeah. I don't believe one you. One of our analysts calls the Hooper's Hooper. And yeah. then he's going to 50. I'm seconds. telling you, put Jay Crawford out. He can still score 50. I'm telling you, don't. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Jamal Crawford tweeted goodbye to the game all the spoils the adrenaline rush thank you basketball I owe you everything Richard Jefferson what stands out to you most about Jamal's career sometimes we focus on runs like Steph Curry and him getting the three-point you know thing and then you know LeBron James and passing Carl Malone in the chase but you forget about these amazing players that have been entertaining fans for literally two decades Jamal Crawford is one of the most special one of the most unique players that this game has seen if you look at what he was able to do a top 10 pick having an amazing career when you talk about six man of the year there were people that were like hey this is everything that a six man is supposed to be so from the bottom of my heart a person that competed against them I just want to say one congratulations on retirement but also congratulations on an amazing career to Jamal Crawford well you call them the the Hoopers Hooper, the Hoopers right? Hooper. yeah every love to watch everybody's Hooper every Hooper's favorite Hooper yeah every Hooper's he's, one, favorite favorite he's Hooper. one of those dudes that young guys old guys we all right. love to see his highlights well we know that Janae is known for her cheat sheet so based on this video that I do want to show everybody what do we think of Jamal Crawford here we go here we go. Hey, C. Aww. Big Sis here. I couldn't go today without wishing you a very special happy birthday at work. Oh, my you know, gosh. It's just like you to do some work on your birthday, but I hope you enjoy your day because the third floor is lit. <gasps> oh. Uh, Cakes yeah. for you. The I big three of oh, happy birthday, Chinese. I'm not gonna cry. Your girl's a thug, bro. <laughs> What does that make uh, me? No, you still don't. But we just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. You know, oh my God. Did you even ask, ask her? She's eating the paper. Well, I love you guys, Malika. We adore you, 
Richard. Well, no, no, that's social. This isn't social distancing, and that <laughs> is certainly not social distancing. But Shanae, you know, you make NBA today. Go round. I need to get get away. Get away from me. No, I love you guys. We love you so very much. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday. Today. No, get out of here. <laughs> I'm headed to Memphis tomorrow, so Cassidy Hubbard is going to be in the hosting chair. Greg Hillary. We'll see you there. NECA! <laughs>